Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the podcast is sponsored by Cox. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. 
Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. Hello and welcome to a very special episode, another special, I've said this last three podcasts that we've produced, but this is another special podcast because we've got on the line Cat Law from The Trust and Martin Cloak from The Trust as well. How are you doing, boys and girls? Not bad, mate. Nice to be back. Really good, thank you. Flav, can we just clarify that this is the special one, though? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, of course. Thanks, I mean, thanks, a- mate. absolutely. A- absolutely. Isn't that we're, we're, someone we're... else, the special one? Oh, yes. Oh. Yeah, look, mate, I'm I'm all on board. I'm 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 a Jose Mourinho fanboy. I'm um, after after the all or nothing. I'm like I was before, and I had a little moment of of uh, of wavering when um, we had that bad period after Son got injured. But now, full, fully back on the Jose Mourinho gravy chain <laughs> on our slow, plodding, boring march to success. You've massively drunk the Kool Aid, haven't you? Absolutely. This is when we need to show our first anecdote with you. Uh, part of the joy of being uh, manning the trust info email account is that we literally get all sorts of correspondence coming in. And we had one from a very committed fan in South Africa who shared with us who we thought we should sell because they were no good, basically, and, and who we thought that we should sign and ask that we pass on to the office of Daniel Levy and Joe Marino. So he's now Joe not Jose Mourinho. Yeah. He is Joe Marino, which sounds like some nineteen eighties cop. So it's absolutely amazing, Joe Marino. Right, and it's hard to take. I mean, you've got to take. All, I mean, if he's a member of the trust, you have to take everybody's. I don't think he opinions won't. on board. Did you ever get bored of of having to listen to um, comments or questions about playing staff? Uh, and <laughs> bearing in mind, as far as I understand it, the trust's position isn't about forcing the board to spend more money it can't be you're never going to have that leverage why would the why would the club give you that leverage in the first place it, it, like explain in in, in as, as much as you can in a nutshell what the trust's remit is martin because <laughs> it isn't about signing no, exactly, no, exactly, look, exactly, no. it is more about off field than on field and obviously kind of how the how the club is run as a business and how uh, it uh, it runs as an organisation uh, is a bit more um, what we're about. That's what we're we're involved in. Um, part of the boredom alert articles of association are that we have to look at what the best interests of the club are. Now, you know, we might disagree with with whoever is in charge at a particular time, a board of a club, about what the best interests of the club are. And if you look at some things that have happened at other football clubs, there's a difference of opinion between the fans and the board about what best interests are. 
Um, in, in terms of the on-the-field stuff, I mean, people do think it sounds a bit odd because that's the stuff that we're all interested in, isn't it? That's what we, we turn up and watch and what, what yeah. we're really into. Um, but you can sit down and you can have a conversation with any group of Spurs fans about any group of players, any tactic, any approach, and they're not all going to agree. So it's one of those things you can't you can't buy players by by committee really like that. At some stage, somebody's got to take the responsibility. And I mean, as somebody who who absolutely celebrated and thought we've absolutely cracked it when we signed Sergei Rebrov. Personally, I'm quite pleased that they don't take our, uh, our advice on board. But I mean, we, we wouldn't presume to do that because they're, they're the professionals. The people that, that coach the players and scout the players are professionals. And as much as we're into the game, we're not. We, we won't know as much. We won't see as much. So it'd be a bit daft for us to try and, and get involved in that side. It, you know, if, if there's an issue, as there has been over the last few years with, you know, have the club balance the you know the business side with the football side then we'll talk to them about that and we'll put a point of view forward and we said that recently that i think that, that there is a, a a large feeling among the fans that the balance between the book the football side and the business side needs to be a little bit better but once you get into discussions about signing individual players that's not really something that we would look to be involved in or or arguably we should be involved in yeah yeah fair enough um i i i, I would agree there i, I think that's um that, that's a fair way to to look at the the um the relationship between fans and the club and and the the you i mean i i think that if you had a fan as a manager of our football team or a fan as a chairman even worse that we would see the demise of tottenham Hotspur much quicker than we would under any general businessman well, well because probably, but but i mean what you know, we've had this discussion before and Daniel Levy would say, well, actually, I am a fan. And actually he is. I think he is a fan. Now, he might not be a fan in the way that not like people uh, <laughs> think he is. Well, exactly. There's, there's, there's a difference, isn't there? Um, but, uh, you know, so... He hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't spunked half of his week's wages on a trip to Real Madrid when we got beat 4-0 on, uh, uh, and, uh, and Peter Crouch got sent off in, in 10 minutes. He hasn't done that, so he's not like us. Absolutely, but that, that's, that's why we're there. You see, partly to, to kind of put that side of it as well. You see, I've often thought that one of the ways, because we've often said there's loads of different viewpoints among Spurs fans, but I've often thought a really good way to unite all Spurs fans in one campaign would be to say that what's going to happen from now on is that Martin and Kat and the other members of the board, we're going to choose a team because the entire support fan base would be united in saying, don't let them do that because otherwise we're screwed. So maybe that's the way forward. Fair enough. All right. Um, I think we, there's a question I want to ask you before we're going to go on to um, the, the issues with being able to watch football during the lockdown, uh, given the fact that not every game is going to be shown on telly and, and there is this history about having a blackout and, and, and not all games should be shown. But we're in an unprecedented site at a time where fans just want to watch their team play and they can't because of the COVID situation. So we're going to talk about that in a a second because you guys have been involved in a campaign to bring football to everybody. But before we do that, because it kind of neatly lends to to what we just discussed, we had a question from uh, No Stant on on Reddit and he says, how closely does the way Levy is represented in the Amazon doc align with the Daniel Levy that you've come across? I'll start on this if you want. Um, I think pretty closely, actually. Um, I think we've always said, haven't we, Martin, that for the past six or seven years that we've been working with him, he's far more approachable and far more personable than he is perhaps popularly uh, thought to be. I don't think he reacts 
that well in large groups, but you know the meetings that we're in tend to be fairly small in numbers. Uh, so once you've kind of built that credibility and a kind of trust with him, then he's he's been perfectly affable. I mean, we don't always agree with what each other's viewpoints are or how each other would approach a certain situation. But, you know, he, he'll take the time of day to explain stuff to us. And I think what's become very apparent is that he's a lot more charismatic than you would expect as well. Um, and that he genuinely does care about the football club. Again, how that translates into how we care about the football club, there may be a mismatch there. Um, but I think that most people that I've spoken to who watched the first three episodes of the Amazon documentary has said, you know, he's much warmer. He's much more involved. He seems to care a lot more than we thought he did. It's like, well, yeah. So I, I, I'm fairly satisfied that that's an accurate kind of reflection of him um, from what I know of him. Obviously, he's not a speed dial. I'm not his bevy mate. But he is somebody that I've worked with for a number of years now. So, yeah, I think that's that's fairly a fairly good portrayal. And it's actually nice in a way that the club did allow him to have a little bit more exposure I don't think they've done themselves an awful lot of favours by constantly trying to close that down and not allow access to Daniel over the years. We've repeatedly said if more people saw more of him, then he'd be better liked. So I'm sure Martin's got something to add. Uh, well, not this, I mean, I, I think that's about right. I think the interesting thing to pick up on that, and it's, it's what you touched on at the end there, is that we, we, we have been as an organisation fairly critical, as have a lot of fans for quite a long time, that we don't seem to see a lot of, of Daniel. We don't see a lot of the board and the people that are running the club. And we've said, you know, yeah, we understand that they're not particularly keen organisationally, and he didn't seem keen as a person on, on kind of putting himself out there. But we said, well, if you're the chairman of a Premier League football club, then you've got to. Now, there seems to be a change of strategy in this Amazon documentary. You know, he's the first person interviewed in that. that there's a lot of him in those first three episodes. And so that the conversations are going on. It's interesting to see how people are reacting to that because some of the people who previously said we never see much of him are now saying it was all about him. He's shoving himself in the front. So he's probably thinking, well, it's another example of where I can't win. But uh, so the, it, it's the, the, what we've seen of him, and as Kat said, you know, we're not best mates. It's a working relationship that we have to have. Um, that That is a pretty accurate representation of what he's like. Um, and I think you'll probably see more of that. I mean, one of the things that, that is also coming out is that you know, he does, you know, he's got a really good grasp of his brief. He knows his detail. And if you have a conversation with him, you need to make sure that you know what you're talking about. Um, you know, because because he expects that. And why wouldn't he? I, I, I mean, from someone who's very much, you know, a, a believer in Levy, and I, I really, um, I don't think it's any secret from anybody who's listening to this podcast who, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his. I think like, he's done incredible work at Spurs. I mean, I, I can't really get on board with anyone who really, really hates him and wants him out. I don't understand it. Um, but everybody arrives at their positions for whatever reason. Um, but I, I kind of feel like it, it was very odd seeing him being interviewed so openly. And the only times we do see Daniel Levy talk is when there is an, uh, a marketing or an economic advantage to be had. So we saw him interviewed extensively about the stadium. We saw him interviewed extensively, uh, extensively about the NFL deal. And we've seen him most recently interviewed extensively about the Amazon doc. But we never really see him talk to the fans directly. And that's probably because he's only going to ever come out of that badly. Or, or he, he's, he's putting himself at a disadvantage by exposing himself to fan questions. 
You're such a cynic, Flav. You're such a cynic. He did take part in the fans' forums. I will just say that. So they were events that were held at Lily White House uh, and season ticket holders and members could apply. And I think they drew names out. At How did that go? Uh, really well. Yeah. Uh, it was with Potch and Larice, wasn't it, as well? I think one of them. Yeah. Martin. Yeah, so he, he, he has done that. I think, I think the examples that you've given us um, are areas that he's hugely passionate about as well. Like the NFL was his own personal project, basically. He was determined to get a link up with the NFL. That was part of his vision. So he, and similarly the stadium. So uh, stuff that he's invested an awful, awful lot of time and effort. And as Martin said, he is the detail king on those things. He's more than comfortable to talk about. But I think, yeah, maybe it's a little bit discomfort sitting in front of audiences and taking a Q&A. But I, I actually don't know how many club chairmen do that, neither, to be honest. No, that's fair enough. That, that, that's fair enough as well. Um, all right. So, so Martin, I, I've noticed your account mostly talking about... Um, about the fact that Spurs fans and fans of other clubs are not able to watch their football team play in in an unprecedented time, and I guess the idea about your campaign or the campaign you're a part of is to to ensure that football fans can watch their club play without having to do illegal stuff, right? Uh, tell me, tell us a bit more about. It. I'm I'm probably going to hand over to Cat because it's something that. She- <laughs> Been really involved in right, right from sorry, the, Kat. Uh, that's right, mate. Uh, and she does a lot of uh, from sort of her work with the Football Supporters Association. And when she was on FA Council, she does a lot of the work around broadcast. So I'm, I'm going to leave her to this one. Thanks so much. You see, the, for the listeners, it's so much easier when we're in a studio, isn't it? Because we can just point at each other. So apologies yeah. for the constant. Oh, you take this, you take this. Uh, yeah, so I've worked um, with broadcasters, so with Sky and BT Sport, with the Premier League on behalf of the Football Supporters Association for probably about four or five years now. So it became really apparent that most fans were just assuming that the coverage that we had for Project Restart, so the conclusion of last season, where every game was available to watch, uh, either free to wear or through Sky or BT Sport, would be the same for the duration until we're back up to full capacity at grounds again in season 2021. It isn't the same. Uh, the We've reverted back to the traditional broadcast deals uh, at where there are now... 160 out of the 380 Premier League games that won't be televised next season. Why can't they play them all? <laughs> okay. Well, they could. That's the whole point. But it would. Why, why don't they then? Well, we've been trying to get to the bottom of all this, to be honest. Um, it's all to do with money, obviously, and it's all to do with um, the existing breaking the terms of the existing broadcast deal and opening themselves up to possible rebates. So obviously, there are financial implications on anything that you do. But also it's a revenue generating opportunity for the broadcasters and for the clubs if they wanted it to be that way. But it would require the Premier League clubs, the Premier League and the broadcasters getting around the table and thrashing out a solution. And at this moment in time, that isn't happening. So we're now approaching uh, MPs and the government to try and force a resolution through. So uh, I think the 3 p.m. blackout has been lifted for the duration of COVID, which leaves that open uh, but on Thursday, so tomorrow, there's a Premier League shareholders meeting. And it's absolutely vital that we try and gain support from as many Premier League clubs as possible for a solution that will enable match-going fans to be able to see their team th- next season. So for Tottenham fans, that basically means the Newcastle game. At the moment, the first two games of next campaign 
select it for broadcast anyway uh, between Sky and BT Sports. Uh, but the Newcastle home game, currently there is no legal way to watch that game in the UK. Now, if you're anywhere else in the world, apart from the UK, Saudi Arabia and North Korea, you can watch that game. But as a okay. UK-based season ticket holder, member, whatever, of a Premier League club, you cannot see that game. And there'll be another 159 or whatever that aren't broadcast as well. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to approach this from the perspective of the everyday match-watching fan. Not match-going fan, because we can't go to games anymore. But um, And I'm sure, in a way, Martin will agree with what I'm, what I'm about to say, but we'll never say it. Cause Steady on this. Well, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but all I'm just going to say is that it, there is a great way to stick it to the man. And I'm going to say it because you guys can't, but it is so easy to watch football. Mm. It's so easy to watch it with, with, without bending to the rules of, yeah, of, 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 of all of these people. So what I would say to all of you, not Matt, not, not, not uh, Kat and, and, not, and certainly not Martin, but I would say just find a way to watch the game you want to watch. And if if the Premier League and and the clubs and everyone else can't get on board, and if there are there are parameters in 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 place that stop you from watching the game because you can't watch it legally because you should be able to right now, then uh, do what you can to watch the game and support your team. That's what I would say. That's what I think most I fans. Are, I don't think are, are, are it. I don't think we need to be shy about saying that that's what people are going to do though. And and that that's the ridiculous side of it, isn't it? Because you know you know there is an argument about the influence of TV over football and the amount of money. But this is something that is actually quite extraordinary, that it's an example of a business denying access to its product, if you want to talk about it in these terms, um, because it thinks it can make more money by stopping its customers consuming it than it can if its customers consume it. So part of what we're pushing is that the message that this is sending out is the club saying, basically, your support isn't really valued. We, we don't really care if you can watch the products or not uh, at all. Uh, and that, that's a massive PR own goal because fans aren't going to forget that. You know, when the next appeal comes to rally round and, and support the game or whatever. But then there, there is also the issue, isn't there? And again, you know, that a lot of people are saying it's down to the broadcasters. Well, we, we, the broadcasters have not been approached by the clubs. And what always happens in, in football is that people try and pass the buck around in responsibilities. So first of all, you know, oh, it's the broadcasters. Well, we, we spoke to the broadcasters. They haven't been approached by the Premier League. And I think that they would probably be quite willing to do a deal because it's an income stream for them, isn't it, as well? Uh, so then the, we asked the clubs and the clubs say, oh, well, it's a Premier League decision. But then the, the, the Premier League is 20 clubs who are shareholders and there are 20 votes. So if the clubs want to do something, it happens. There's not a separate thing called the Premier League that stops the clubs from doing things or enables them to do it. So that's it's passing the buck somewhere. Yeah, the and this oh, absolutely. And we're wise to that now because they've done it to us for years. What? So, 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 what? What is holding this back? Who? Who? Who's? Who's? The club. Who's in place to gain? Who's in place to gain by preventing fans from watching their teams play on football? Potent, potentially the clubs, which sounds ridiculous, because they're the ones who were worried about any any rebates and about losing money. So. I mean, as, as Martin said, I mean, Sky and the broadcasters have done a deal with the Scottish Premier League. They've done a deal with the English Football League. So I don't... But to do what? To play games? To show to games? To show all the games, yeah. Yeah. So, what, what, so, so it is the clubs that are prevented. It is in, 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 in one-twentieth of, of the decisions, Tottenham Hotspurs 
decision not to allow their fans to watch the football. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A basic <laughs> and the long-term effect of that is that, and again, Kat's mentioned it, you know, in the championship, in, in, in the EFL, uh, there's this thing called I follow, where if you kind of sign up to that, then you get to watch coverage of your team. So the Premier League, right, for fans in the UK, Saudi Arabia and North Korea, right, uh, that, that, that's the only bit of football and the only section that, that is not showing its product um, to, to fans. And what's happening with the what's happened already? And a lot of this stuff is anecdotal. And I know people say a lot and they don't necessarily do it. But there is starting to be evidence of people saying, you know what? It's a, I'm now I'm now out of the habit of going to football regularly. Uh, I've realised I've got a bit more time on my hands. I've got a bit more money in my pocket. Maybe I can survive without it. Maybe I don't need to go quite as much. Um, there are people, and every club's got a few people who like haven't missed a game, home or away, friendlies or competitive or whatever, for 19, 20, 30 years or whatever. Okay, those people are now saying, you know what? I don't feel valued. Uh, it's been broken, and I'm not going back to it. Now, people might say, oh, like, you know, everybody says that, but that there's going to be some falling away. So the game has relied for a long time on the huge amount of demand uh, and people not doing other things. You know, society is changing at the moment and football isn't immune from that change as well. So if the clubs want to send out a message at a stage when it might well be that people are saying the link's broken, you know, my, my loyalty is getting broken a little bit and I might pick and choose a little bit more. If they want to send out a message that we don't really care whether you, whether you can watch us and actually we're going to actively prevent you from doing that, from just from a business point of view, that's not really great, is it? Aside from whether it's the right thing to do, because clubs should be valuing their supporters. It's pretty staggering, to be honest. I, I can't quite, I can't quite believe it. I can't believe we're running this campaign. No, no. Well, uh, uh, what, what it is, what it is from from a, a supporter's perspective, um, is is that people don't look at the, they don't blame the club in this instance. They don't think it is Tottenham. They don't think it's any of the Premier League clubs. They think if we can't see football on telly. It's Sky Sports' fault. Yes, and it, it, isn't it, and, and that's the issue. That's what you're fighting against. And, you, and you're fighting against a um, in, an indoctrinated belief that Sky Sports are evil and TV is evil. And I agree. Like, it is. It has probably been as damaging to the game that all three of us grew up watching. And probably not, you know, you know, 18-year-old kids now don't see it in, in the same way. But people do look at the TV companies as the evil. And anything. Yeah. That results in the broadcast of our, our game, whether it's not enough or too much. And previously, it's been too much. It's weird that we're having this conversation that mm. now we're getting too little. <laughs> um, it, it, that, that's the way we see it, and, that, and that's why. While I, I understand your your what what you're fighting for is is purely just allowing fans to see their team play, which is the very crux of our sport. Mm. It's what, what what needs to be reminded over and over again that. That people watching the sport makes it relevant. Yeah. If yeah. if that if that isn't happening, then it really isn't the same sport that 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 people love. But but I, I think the challenge you you, you guys are going to have, and hopefully people sign up to it now. But the challenge challenge you guys are going to have is convincing people that this is a Premier League club issue or a shareholders issue rather than a Sky Sports issue. I, I think, yeah, go cut. No, I, I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. But I think it, it, nothing to do with broadcast is ever easy. It is complex, and as Martin said, there's just a continual cycle of buck passing. But I think the basic principle is fairly obvious. And if you are a match-going fan, you, you know, our games have either been played behind closed doors, so no one's watching them, 
or they'll be played in front of a very small percentage of fans. So the vast majority of your season ticket holders or normal matchgoers, your one hotspot members, won't be seeing our team in action at all. So if you want to be able to watch that legally, you need to back our campaign. It's as simple as that. But the solution is for someone else to come up with. We're going to leave that to the Premier League, the clubs and the broadcasters. Uh, but we just need weight and voices behind this call now. I think. How do they get involved? Then? Right. So we've got, we've got um, let, let, uh, Kieran Gill, he asks, what's the best way we can put pressure to, uh, to the club or on the club uh, to fight for our rights to watch home games that aren't picked for TV? How, how do you do that? Right. So I think if we look back to probably the most successful joint trust and fan campaign of recent times, that will be the hashtag pay our staff, pay your staff. That will be the furlough issue from earlier in lockdown. What we saw there was a perfect example of when the trust speaks with the club at a strategic level and then your general fan base activate at a tactical level. So tweet them, literally tweet them. The hashtag is let us watch. So flood social media. Every time they put a tweet out, just reply with that. Tweet and ask some questions. Send emails into supporter services at tottenhamhotspur.com. And the other way you can get involved, the Football Supporters Association, who are at We Are the FSA on Twitter, uh, have put a few tweets out today and they're calling on the MPs, so the Sports Minister and the DCMS, to make legislative change or to push this through, basically, to force the Premier League and the broadcasters to sit down and provide access to these games. We're running out of time. We've got 10 days before the season starts. So bombard your local MP, share the FSA tweets, and then tweet Tottenham and email supporter services. And anything I've forgotten, Martin? No, I just think that the big question really is, is um, if Spurs play Newcastle and no one sees it, did it really happen? <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, at all. But uh, as I say, there'll, there'll be. There, actually, I, I don't want to say the same thing again. Um, but but um, there, there, there's there, there's something in the point you're making. The fact that there are free nations on on this planet that won't be able to watch Premier League games in North Korea, which we understand the complex the political complexities of that uh, area area of the world, and also obviously Saudi Arabia isn't necessarily known for its widespread support of of, uh, of Western culture. Uh, I think that's fair to say. So no, the, why, the why... issue with Saudi Arabia is it, mm-hmm. even interesting in that is, is that, uh, you know, as, as has been evident with some of the fury over the, the suggested Newcastle takeover, is that the Saudi government are behind this pirate TV service, which the Premier League is very concerned uh, is, is taking away potential income. Um, so that's why Premier League games aren't beamed into Saudi Arabia. Um, but those pirate channels are exactly the ones that people are going to have to go to if the Premier League, in the form of its clubs, stops people from watching through legal means. So, it, it, the, you know, the number of ironies in this case just keep building up, really. Yeah, I can understand. I can't, I, I can't say that um, I'd, I've ever really enjoyed watching Tottenham play with Saudi Arabian co- um, <laughs> uh, commentary. You might um, get used to it, mate. I do quite like South Korean commentary when Hummin Song plays, to be fair. They're very... Get, uh, well anim- animated, but um, that commentary uh, at the Burnley goal was absolutely fantastic. It's magnificent. I, I, I want to find out what your your feelings are about all or nothing before um, before we stop recording. But Kat, we, before before we started recording, um, you mentioned that this has been quite uh, actually. Do you know what I mean? The, every time I speak to you, it's been a difficult month for the trust. <laughs> 
yeah. it, I, I think the reality is it's just difficult being a part of the trust. <laughs> what, what's been going on in the last month that's made it so difficult, Kat? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, why, why, so what, it, there must be some, something, you know, some sort of topic that, that, that people are very angry about at the well, moment, is, or is it just is that, people is that, are angry? People are angry. I, I, I haven't noticed it being, I mean, the latest thing is obviously broadcast access because that's what we've been tweeting about. So I, I think it's a fairly obvious ask for fans to be able to watch their team. But obviously some people have a different point of view. Um, and then we're fine with that. Hey, look, people can have different points of view. What I'm not that fine with is then the personal abuse that follows and then the mass pylon that follows. And it's just not particularly helpful. So, I mean, the trust account on Twitter went transmit only about a year ago now, maybe a little bit longer. And it was for that reason, because it just it gets exhausting, to be honest. We're, we're a voluntary organisation and we have a limited amount of time. And if we're spending our resource having rows with people on social yeah. media or trying to convince people who don't want to be convinced, they're never going to change their mind. Yeah, but you, well, my, my, no my observation of your both you and Martin is that you do engage too much. I think you, you do. I mean, I, I've literally pulled right back. I'm hardly ever on there. Good. I think last week, somebody asked me a direct question. So I replied personally. So I replied. If I don't reply, then it's a like, look, she thinks she's better than us. She's ignoring us now. So I replied. And then that just led to a mass pile on. I think I sent, oh, God. I sent a couple Listen, of replies. Can, can I, just left it. I think Kat, let me tell you, let me tell you something. Look, both of you, but, but Martin and Kat, you've done more, done more for Spurs fans than anybody who's digging you out. So in a way, you are better than them, right? <laughs> you're, you, are, you are better than them. You've done more. I saw you, I saw the both of you working your ass off at, uh, at Borussia Dortmund after all, 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 you know, all hell let yeah, loose. Yeah. I saw you do that and miss part of the football. So yes, you are better than them. You are doing more than them and you are a better fan than they are, right? So I'll say that for you. So don't think that when you're not responding to some dickhead who's digging you out on Twitter... That that you're oh, better not to respond. I better respond. I better say something to Wanker because he might think, or people out there might think that that you're elevating yourself. That isn't the case. The fact is, is there are very angry, very angry, angry, uh, very secular, generally young men who've had a beer, probably a line on on a, on a Friday night, who feel like right now's the time I'm going to get Cat and Martin for all of the good work that they're doing. And what I would say to you two is, you've got to stick two fingers up and not reply. That's what oh, I'd say. You know, you just killed your podcast, don't you, Blair, from there? That's it. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to... <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, well, I think, look, I think... Am I Macbeth? Have I, I just destroyed I what I built? I the problem with it is that, that we're, we're kind of conscious as to do we engage too much or, or not enough. And as Kat said, but if we... It's we too much. It's too much. You're, you know, you're, you're aloof and arrogant and you don't want to say anything. Uh, but then sometimes if there's a narrative being established... And people keep repeating things. And we've seen this, you know, can actually get you to end up being president of the United States, to take a random example. But so well, sometimes you've got, to, you've got to challenge the narrative, haven't you? Uh, and some of it is, is pride. Uh, but some of it is to start, you know, we all of us that are involved in the trust believe that, that fans, organisations have a place and they should be able to do something. And I think it's when you see that being undermined and the accusation that people only ever do anything because it's in self-interest or there's something in it for them. But I mean, going on a positive side, you mentioned the furlough thing a while ago. And I think it's worth just kind of reflecting on that a little bit, because it, it was something that, you know, we were concerned about when it was announced that we thought it wasn't right. But we didn't really think 
that it would it would kind of resonate with with the fans as much as it did because it's something that doesn't affect people directly. It was about the wages of other people who work for the football club that we happen to support, uh, and there, you know, kind of we raised a bit of an objection to it. Said it wasn't didn't really think it was the right thing to do, but the strength of of uh, of expression on social media and that was coming into our, you know, inboxes uh, into the into the trust account or whatever. It was it was incredible in a way. It, it was one of the easiest campaigns ever because, you know, Kat mentioned it that every single tweet that the the club's official media uh, Twitter account put out, it was just getting replied to with hundreds of people doing hashtag Pay Your Stuff, and that was it. And what was good about that was that people had actually taken a decision, and people say this doesn't happen anymore. That they said that I, I support a football club, and that means something. And what my club does. And how it behaves means something. And of course, I want it to win games, and I want it to, you know, do all of this, all of that stuff. But I want it to behave in a certain way. I want it to represent something that I can be proud of and that I think is good. Uh, and the fact that so many people push that, uh, I think, was was really positive. Uh, and then also <laughs> the fact that the club, in the end, you know, they are not famous for changing their mind. They dig in, right? They change their mind. It was it was the fans acting, and as Kat said, we were able to focus some of that anger and some of that feedback into the right place and, and amplify that in the media and do various things as well. But but all of us working together, we got the club to turn around. Uh, and of course, when they did, a few people said, "Oh, you lot are stupid because the club are going to lose money, and then you'll regret it." So it's like you, you can't please all the people any of the time, really, can you? But, I, I but think... it, it was an incredibly positive campaign, and it's one of the things that I'm the most proud of being involved in. Uh, and it, it, it came out of nowhere, uh, and so many people put so much into that. It was a great thing. It was, and I can't help but think if we had managed, or if the fan base had mobilised more over something like ticket pricing, we might not be in the situation yeah. we are now. And I think that's something we can say this, can't we, Kat? Because yeah. we've had a conversation ourselves that, that if there's one thing that we wish we'd done better, the fans had done better, had generally been done better, it, it was it was the mobilising something to stop the ticket prices being what they are in that new stadium. But, and there were plenty of people at the time when we raised it who said, you're making a fuss over nothing, you're not living in the real world, you're economically naive or whatever, uh, who, who then realised once the reality hit home, that actually we might have had a point. But of course, by then, you know, it, it was too late. But, you know, yes, we wish we could have done much more on that. We wish the fan base as a whole had done a lot more on it as well. And, I, you know, I, I saw, you know, some people trying to raise a bit of a protest and they were had to go out by, by other fans at a match. Yeah. I mean, Martin, I, I, will take, I will take a bit of issue with that. I, I know from a trust point of view, that is all that we talked about for about yeah. two years. So from a trust point of view, we couldn't have done any more. Genuinely, hand on heart, I can sleep every night knowing that we did absolutely everything that we could. But what we couldn't do was connect it with enough of the fans to make a big push like we did over the furlough. And and and, and that is mainly to do with fan apathy, I think. Yeah. And, and, as, and as Martin said, there were an awful lot of people going, you know, it's a free market. You, you can have a fantastic new stadium. You're paying for the facilities. You're paying for this, that and the other. I could afford it. I'm not bothered. And that is something that's so difficult to try and get over, basically. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse You're me. right there, mate. You're all right. <coughs> uh, no, I just—I, I, God knows why I start coughing. Then it just happens as a human being. <laughs> I have a throat, and sometimes it happens. Um, the uh, <laughs> the—it's amazing what 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 can happen if people stop fucking moaning at each other or stop picking holes. Isn't it just? And if we just work together instead of. 
being so secular and and, and just just aiming on to, or aiming for what you think is important if you just take a step back and think actually i can see that person's point of view i can see why the trust exists i can see why ticket ticketing prices will be an issue i can see why it's important for all people to watch football but what you guys are fighting for and and and, and i know I'm sure Kat's like you're in this group as well, but Martin is historically a socialist and sort of left wing. Uh, well, you're not left wing well, loony or not? Are you or not? No, you've sussed me. Yeah, I, yeah. Right, yeah, you are. Right. <laughs> but, so it's, it's 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 about the whole and about being inclusive. Mm-hmm. If you just take a step back, and the, the the whole thing could be better for everybody. Of course. But- it's- my my heart sinks because we'll put we'll put a tweet out or or a post out or a statement out or whatever, and uh, the, you you get an awful lot of support obviously, but there'll always be one or two you have to criticise or disagree, and it never directly affects them. It's like you know if it's not that big a deal for you, then why are you bothering saying this? You're harming the the collective, as you said. Do, do you know what I mean? Just yeah, because they've had, they've, they've had a beer or they're they're, they're they're angry and they're angry. It's the same thing. This is such. A, this isn't. Football's always a microcosm of society, mm. and, and 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 it's the same approach to you know. I don't, I don't want to get into politics, but you know the, the uh, refugees and it's just like it doesn't really impact you. So why are you being such a cunt? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it doesn't anyway. matter. Let, let, let's <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. Um, so I, I, I want to know. Uh, I, I, you know, given the fact that you two have spent more time than Daniel Levy than probably his wife. Okay. Um, Where are we going with this? I'm, I'm getting uncomfortable. There was, uh, the, uh, there was that one one night at the Harry, <laughs> ha, at the Harry Gay Town Hall, though. Oh yeah, what, what you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I, the, the point I'm getting at is that you 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 have watched um, All or Nothing, obviously, yeah. and uh, Daniel Levy was featured heavily, and we, we've discussed that previously, but. What, what like we uh, as fans, you you get an inside look at, uh, to to a certain degree at what the club uh, is run like and and what happens inside the inner workings of, of the football club. Um, but most of us don't. We, we don't we don't know what that is. We don't understand what that is. So, um, what do you make of, of of the documentary of what Amazon has showed so far? Is it propaganda? Is it reflective of you, what, of what you've seen so far? What what, have you enjoyed what you've seen, Kat? What 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 do you make yeah. of what Amazon's done? I mean, I I watched it on my phone and I stayed until half past two in the morning watching it on when it would have been Sunday night, Monday morning. So I found it fairly compulsive viewing, but I was always going to do that because you know it's my club and I love them, uh, no matter how how annoying they are and how testing they are. Um, it's very watchable TV, isn't it? And and our Joe Marino is proper box office. I mean, there's certain laugh out loud moments. I did, I did very much um, empathise and identify with him when he sat in his office and we've got the fans on Sky or whatever saying he's past it. He's a has been. Yesterday, like you just go fuck off and turn the TV off. That's what I do regularly with Twitter when we get a load of reviews. So I was like, <laughs> I'm with you on that one, Jose. Um, I would have actually hoped, and I don't know if this will happen in the next six or seven episodes, that they would show more about the running of the football club, because it is very much the on-field, isn't it? It's the training sessions, it's the half-time team talks, it's little snippets as to what actually happened in the game. The focus is very much on the players and the playing staff, which isn't the side that myself and Martin work in. We work in the other side of the club. So we'd work with the executive board and the people who were on the football operations side, rather than 
you know, the running of the club side rather than actually the, the playing side. So that's interesting for me because I don't know much about that. It's not our area. It's not what we do. Um, I think that my sole worry is that we come out of this thinking that Mourinho is bigger than the actual club. Because at the moment, if he wasn't in it, it might be a little bit bland to watch. He is bigger than the club. Stop it. He's won 25 Stop trophies. It. We've won 24. <laughs> Stop We're, it. Get down. Kiss his feet. <laughs> and then, Martin, you felt similar, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's 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 a there's a worry, you know, that uh, it's, it's obviously a bit of, you know, it's brand exposure, isn't it? So it's business and it's all those horrible words that we um, that, that we don't really like. But that there's a chance that Mourinho is, is the, the thing that everybody's watching, really. And you've always got to look at, if you're a supporter of a club, you've got to say that, you know, that the club is bigger than any one individual. Um, I, I'm not sure that we do really see a huge amount of the detail of how the club is run, but Kat's right that, that you know, there's more focus on the stuff that it is, is the side that, that we're sort of less involved in. Um, I mean, I, I listened to the, the pod uh, when you had the producers on, Flav, and I thought yeah, it was I interesting too. because, um, uh, you know, the point that they made was that, that you know, I think a lot of us were worried when this was announced. We thought, is it going to make us look stupid? And then we thought yeah. it's going to be completely censored. Now, that they, they, their view, in a way that they would say this, wouldn't they? But also, having been somebody who's worked in journalism, I know this is true, that, that you, you try to defend as much as possible um, the fact that you've told a story that isn't just something, a piece of puff that people want to make. And I think they tried to make that point, didn't they? They said, you know, it wasn't censored. Yeah. We had whatever. But... I think watching it, I think that you know that, that they don't really discuss very much about the sacking of Pochettino. There's not a lot about the run-up to what happened with Pochettino. There's not a lot mentioned about Ndombele yet, which I think is quite interesting, and maybe that's to come. You know, the Chelsea game, there was the big incident, wasn't there, with the alleged racism on that as well. Now, again, it's a controversial area, but that's a news story. So there's obviously some things that aren't covered, and I think as we keep watching this this series, we're going to be thinking how much... Of stuff. Yeah. If it's not actually staged, how much of it is kind of you know? And this, how often Martin, does Daniel walk into Jose's office and have a chat with him, or did, was it like well, maybe I better do this a bit now? You well, know. Mar- Martin, knowing the club as we do, I mean, we were both absolutely gobsmacked when we found out they'd agreed to do this. Oh like, yeah. I mean, I jaw bouncing. I didn't think that Daniel would ever employ Jose. They, no, but they they will try and control everything. So, and I don't think that's unfair. So to give access in this way was was really super surprising. Big and I think it's a positive step in a lot of ways, but I also can't imagine that they didn't have serious editorial control. Do you think? Do you think this is why why the uh, why journalists like the the Guardian journalists that we've seen be, being very very vocal about the lack of depth in this? Um, you know, from a fan's perspective, you're thinking I'm watching this, thinking there's nothing in there that Arsenal fans can get us about. And, and I was really worried that, given how bad our season was, that this would just be a, like a just it would just be a banter fest. It would just make yeah, us look ridiculous. And, and and they've edited, edited it and and um, and shot it in a way that means that they, they, there is nothing in there that makes us look look like a a bad club or we've done anything wrong. And there's you know there's up, ups and downs and whatever it is. But I've seen a lot of criticism from journalists who have been upset that they haven't been given the story to write itself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They wanted to see Pochettino break down in tears. And Martin, you just mentioned there, and you're a journalist yourself, um, you mentioned about 
the fact that they didn't cover the racism incident uh, 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 with Rudiger in the Chelsea game, where that is a story. It definitely is a story. But 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 from a fan's perspective, I didn't want them to focus on that. All I want them to focus on is us beating Arsenal, us us uh, uh, that that Son goal. Like from a fan's perspective, that's what you want to see. And 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 perhaps as a worldwide audience that they're trying to appeal to that focusing on these really difficult issues to talk about, it, it was almost more trouble than it's worth. But yeah. I, I, I can understand it from your perspective that they probably should have, but I'm glad they didn't. I, I think also it's, you have to think about, look, you know, other journalists probably won't thank me, but it's, it, we, we all know it. journalism is a tremendously bitchy trade. So some of the stuff that's going around and some of the kind of little snide digs are, are not really a surprise. I mean, I saw somebody writing the other day about, you know, oh, yeah, you know, what's so in-depth about a conversation about whether you put the water or the toothpaste on the brush first? And it's like that that wasn't really meant to be like a massive investigative journalism thing. It was just a bit of colour in a documentary series. But, you know, but what this is, it's not, a, it's not an undercover documentary expose. It, it's a combination of, of, a, of a, a kind of feature story piece of colour journalism and a promotional film. And, and, of course, there's a promotional element to it. But the, the audience that it's being aimed at you know that even with the new stadium, there's only fifty thousand people that go to games regularly. So, is it aimed at those fifty thousand people? No, to an extent, but not not hugely. It's not aimed really, no. the general sports fan. And I mean, me and Cap were arguing about this. Not just the general sports yeah. fan, the, the global sports fan. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, and I think the people who are interested in sport, you know, will, will think, "Oh, have a look at that." Now, you know, I didn't watch the Man City documentary, but I did watch that fantastic one on Sheffield United. Uh, you know, all, all those years ago, which again was made by different people or whatever. And I've watched, yeah, I've watched the Leighton Orient one, the, the famous jump. And the, QP, the QPR one as well, the five-year plan was amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, you see, and I didn't see that uh, or whatever. But so, but you know, I'm interested in, in, you know, I'm a Spurs supporter, but I'm interested in football generally and I'll, I'll kind of pick up on things. So, and again, you kind of look at that. If you're the program makers and those producers that you interviewed said this a little bit the other week, didn't they? That that you're thinking of what is your audience interested in? Now, that that global audience, you know, the, it's a numbers game and not as interested in some of the detail, for example, that we've been talking about on this podcast. Uh, but if people are listening to this podcast, then, you know, they're a niche interest in a way, aren't they? That You know, they've decided to do that and they're interested in a little yeah. bit more of the detail. So that, like, like having to kind of cater for a general audience and there are some things that they're not going to go into. But, I, but, actually, but it, it was never going to be an undercover documentary. No. You know, and actually, you know, if you think back, there's a tradition because Hunter Davis's book, The Glory Game, you know, that that was the first time somebody went inside a football club and told the story of what it was. And they, they, they agreed to that because they didn't really know what was going on. It was the early 70s. And afterwards, Bill Nickerson was supposed to have said, I wish we hadn't bloody let him write that book. Yeah. I didn't want him in the dressing room, you know. So it, it, this all goes back a long way. And that, that, but, but it did the club a lot of good at the time because it gave him exposure. So it's always a balance, a trade-off. If it, I think, if it, it, sorry, go on, I think we mentioned um, the Rudiger incident at the Chelsea game because I, I remember when we first found out that the club had agreed to do this, we did speak to the board and asked what the thinking was. And we were told it was also going to be an opportunity to really highlight the good work that the club does in the community. Uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't just be about the playing side. And there have been nods to that, haven't there, with like Jan going to yeah. the food bank. And, and Aurier as well. And Aurier as well, et cetera, et cetera. So they, they are true to their word on that. I just felt it would have been a good example to show how the club investigates and deals with an incident such as that. That was all. Yeah, but well, an incident that, that, that proved to be like completely oh. false. Like, there, there, was, there, was, there was no evidence. Well, well, well it wasn't proved to be false. There was no evidence. 
So um, well, I mean, in the eyes of legally, law, that's, that's yeah. innocent, isn't it? Right, we're, all, right. we're all innocent. We're definitely not racist fan base. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that was all. That, that was my reasoning. I just thought it would have been uh, useful in this day and age to have been a little bit more open about processes on that. But it would be good yeah. if they did share a little more of the, the foundation stuff, because, again, it's something we've said before, but, but I don't think the club and clubs generally get enough credit. And we, we've kind of seen a bit of that. I mean, the big story at the moment is Marcus Rashford, isn't it? And this 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 foundation, but incredible work, the, yeah. the government tried to scare footballers first of all. But then you still got people turning around and going, "Oh well, yeah, of course, you know, it's just virtue signalling," which is a phrase I absolutely loathe and detest. You know, of course they're doing that; they've got the money or whatever. You know, they they could afford to. But it's like it's a good thing that they're doing, and it's another example of where football clubs can't win. That you know, if they do nothing in the community, then obviously they're a bunch of bastards. If they do something, they're only doing it because they want to look good or, you know, because there's there's a, there's a the tax advantage in it or something or like that. But they actually do stuff which makes a material difference to people's lives. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. And I think that, they, you know, that the, the club and the executive board of the club are quite committed to doing that. There might be all other sorts of things they want to do and what, things mm-hmm. that we disagree on, but they actually do want to try and make a difference. That's and I think fair. that be applauded. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. I, I agree 100%. Uh, I, I, I want to end this podcast on a, a real... Like, Everybody this is, does, mate, but anyway. <laughs> I want to end this podcast on a really important thing that I feel like the trust can... really. You can ram this down Daniel Levy's throat. Right? So just please listen to this and make it happen. Oh, God, go on. Yeah, and if if if, if you <laughs> fail in this, I'm never talking to either of you ever again. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. No pressure at all, but all the pressure. Actually, no, every pressure. Every pressure. I'm, I'm coming for your jobs if you don't do this. Uh, Tony Gabbis, he says, can the trust ask the club to stop playing that music after we score a goal? It's naff, embarrassing, and nearly as cringeworthy as those big flags that the Gooners oh, wave after they score. Oh, God, this is so easy. So uh, Martin and I had a call uh, with the head of marketing um, at Tottenham before Project Restart started, so before the end of last season concluded. Um, The players players had requested um, goal music because they didn't want uh, silence after they scored in an empty... During COVID. During COVID. Not silence when the the fans are in there. (laughs) No, this is all behind closed doors, all in the capacity. So uh, their players had requested it. They they didn't tell us what music they'd chosen. I, I they played a couple of different tracks, didn't they? But um, well, I can't remember what they were now. But, um, I, I, I think they, if they if they played uh, "This Is the End" by Doors, I think that would be it. <laughs> lovely. So that was the request, and that was why we both absolutely cringed and said we needed a commitment that this would never happen when fans are back in the stadium. Good. And they committed in writing that that would never happen when fans are back in the stadium. That's what I'm talking about, Kat. That's why you're in the job. That's why the trust's here. Getting shit done. (laughs) If there is even a note played after a goal is scored, when there is more than 10 fans in the stadium, then we will not be impressed. And we'll definitely take that up on your behalf. Well, you know the trouble wonder- with you, Kat, is you're just dicking about with music and you're not really doing the important things which is <laughs> I personally think are really I, important. So, so Well I got I got the chips on their own as well, didn't I? So you know Martin, yeah, I, yeah. I, I absolutely well, understand that, that, that point because people will be going, Why are you fucking talking about gold music? It doesn't matter, does it? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like I I can't afford to go, I can't t- I can't take my boys to the football anymore. Uh, and and I don't I, I think that the percentage of of ethnic minorities in my team is too high. So can you tell the club to stop employing, the, you know, people that ain't white? 
Well, that, that's... There's almost a game that we play now, though. It's just, just uh, that we put something out. And think, what, what is it that people are going to object to? You know, so if we, if, like, we put out a tweet saying, like, um, you know, uh, that, that there should be a cure for cancer, how are people going to disagree with that? <laughs> <laughs> you can get very cynical about this sort of stuff. Honestly, I, I feel like you should just stop, just stop fighting, just give mm. it up. Just, yeah, I, I do. I, I just feel like we don't deserve you. That's what I feel. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, honestly, a lot of people think that, but not in the way that you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I know, and and, and those I, people. I just, I just find and watch the game. I'll tell you what, watching all or nothing did actually, and and I, I think I defy anybody um, to to really say that they'd never thought this over the last few months. But I think we've all thought, do I actually want to go back? What's it going to be like? What what you know? Have I lost that that the that the buzz? Watching some of those highlights and looking at that stadium and looking yeah. at what crowds like. I want to yeah. be back there. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely. want to be back there. Now, you know, whether I want to be back there when there's a third full stadium when we're all socially distancing and you can't get a pint and everyone's wearing right. a mask, that's going to be another question to look at as well. Uh, yeah, but it, it's, you're watching but, a tiny bit of film or a tiny bit of footage and it literally takes three seconds of footage and and, and goose pimples on me were all like on ends. Like... We all want to be back there. This is what football's it massive. reinforces the fact that there's a lot of things that I don't like about the club, but but I don't hate the club. Right? And a lot of it, you see a lot of times you think that there's people that they hate the club, they hate the players, they hate the directors, they hate us, they hate you. You know, and it's just like what what is what's what's left to like? You know, <laughs> for the hate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, look, it, I understand hatred is is important. It's, it, it plays a role in in the history of humanity, but. Um, Fundamentally, we're we're all joined by a, a singularity, and that is um, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I keep feeling that we've got Marvin Gaye Save the Children playing behind this whole podcast, Flev. <laughs> but I, uh, I, Kat- I need to do my promo, actually, Flav, before Go. you wind us up. So, um, obviously, the more people uh, we have as members, the more people we can say we represent. Uh, and that's always very handy for when we're going in to negotiate difficult stuff on behalf of fans with the club. So, if people would like to join us, you can sign up as for an associate for free, for nothing, not a penny. Or if you want to support us and have full voting rights in elections and stand for the board, etc. As an adult, it's £10 a year. A senior is £5 a year. And a junior, so under 18, is completely free. And you can sign up um, at, our mem- uh, at our website, which is www.thstofficial.com forward slash membership. So that's my bit there. And just to say, we have elections every February we're always looking for new people to join the board. Uh, we don't think that we can't be improved. Obviously, we're proud of the work that we do, but we fully admit that there are areas where we could be stronger and where we could be doing more. So if you care about the club and you care about the fans and you believe that fans should have a voice, then we can't urge you strongly enough to join us and get on board rather than coating us off behind your keyboard. What do you, what do you, you. think what, what do you think if they, if they just want to moan about us not signing good players? Where, where do they go? Another podcast. Another podcast. Can I listen um, to another probably, podcast? Yeah. All right. Kat, thank you, Martin. Yeah. Thank you so much thank for always. Uh, over over the last sort of five six years, where where the fighting cop became uh, more significant than it was before, uh, you guys have always been you know happy to talk to us, and I've been really grateful for that. So, and also grateful for the, the amazing work that you continue to do, despite what. That the people say on Twitter, or some people say on Twitter, about the work you do is really, really. A lot of us are very, very grateful for it, and and that's that's who you need to focus on. 
That's really kind of you. Thank you. For Thanks, mate. And I mean, congrats on the on the, the nine years. I really enjoyed listening to that ninth anniversary episode, and uh, it's been an interesting. Uh, th- that whole journey that you lot have had has been quite interesting, I think, as well. So it is. it's been good to be, uh, you know, around. I know, kind of, cat kind of knew you guys a long time before I did, but uh, it's been good to, to to see that journey go along. Well, what, what I would say, Martin, is that that your your um, passage that you wrote about eighteen eighty two, we still use that in. Um... I don't know, just just on our website, and uh, I, I wouldn't say promotional material because we we're not professional enough to do anything like promotion. I don't want even know what promotional material is really, but yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, uh, all, all of the kind words that you've written, and 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 Adam, Pat- let's just let's just thank everybody. Should we thank everybody? <laughs> Absolutely, hundred percent up for that, Martin. Don't tell the wife. This. Don't tell the kids. We're we're there. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Cheers. Thank Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.